With us today is Lisa Headley, Ayurvedic practitioner, founder of the Mayflower Spa. This is Lisa Headley's strategies for dealing with stress. Lisa can be found here on Robinhood Radio and also at lalife, L-A-H-life.com. Hi, Lisa. Hello. You sound relaxed. Oh, I'm very relaxed. Um, <laughs> well, wouldn't that be nice? Um, so, today's topic. Today's topic is crimes against wisdom. So it's possible that we've talked about this before. Oh, sorry. But we can always use a refresher. We could always use a refresher because we're going to talk about it slightly differently, like as in what to do about it as well, which I would like to do. But somebody asked me the other day, all right, so what's the worst health thing? Like, what's the worst thing that people do for their health in our sort of modern world? And I thought about it and I thought of a joke my husband always tells me where he says, what if you could eat anything, if you could have any food on that desert island, what would it be? And the answer, of course, is plat du jour, right? <laughs> the food of the day. Because then, obviously, you get whatever the food of the day is, and you get a different thing every day, even while you're on your desert island. So the answer to my friend's question about what's the worst health crime people commit is um, crimes against wisdom. So it's the same kind of thing. It's a Popuri, plat du jour kind of answer, because the answer is we commit all kinds of crimes against our inner wisdom, and our inner wisdom isn't some woo-woo out there, floofy, floofy concept, but it's a very real thing. On some very real level, our bodies know how to heal themselves. We are there. Our systems are amazing, and the, every time I look at it, I think, "Oh, that's such a cliche," and then I think. Whoa, but it's so true. Our livers, our kidneys, our, those are our filtration systems. They're brilliant. They're genius. So lots, of, like when we talk about detoxes all the time, and I think, well, for the most part, in a reasonably healthy person, your body's doing just a fine job of detoxing. But when you're sick, not so much, right? Because then you compromise all those sure. systems. Sure, and you then compromise your body's knowledge. Well, it's interesting that you mention this because I have been on a a semi-tear about the amount of advertisement. There's, there's, there's so much. You, you cannot watch anything, whether it's sports, whether it's without being interrupted by a product that in a lot of cases, I'm sure you can't read things either, that in a lot of cases are, are designed to make it look as though you need it. And from a marketing standpoint, that's perfectly intelligent, good on them. But from a consumer intelligence, this constant barrage, you can't go on the internet. You can't look at your favorite website without seeing things that you should acquire. Right. And I think that after a while, there's either a, I, I just think that after a while, people don't filter anymore, no pun intended, and they start getting awfully confused about what they should or shouldn't be doing. Plus, they're not sleeping, so... You know, that, that's another crime against, you know, you can break it down, but my point is right, that... Right, right, and you can break it way down and you can keep it, I mean, yes, there's a lot of ways to look at this. It really is plat du jour. But your, your overall point is correct because you're, what you're saying is our awareness, our ability to filter and to know is so compromised that we're already sort of incapable of 
knowing ourselves or having that self-awareness. And that we certainly talk about all the time because that, of course, is the biggest thing. You have to be aware. You have to have filters and an ability to access whatever the inner wisdom is. And there's lots of different ways to think about that. But I just want to stay focused for one minute just because I've kind of come up with a – I was thinking about what are my top – you know, crimes against wisdom, since that's the way the question was phrased to me. And so in Sanskrit, in Ayurveda, there is actually, a, the, the way I came up with the idea, crimes against wisdom is not novel to Ayurveda. It is an actual word, pranya aparada. And it is a word which means wisdom, praja, and crimes against or against, parad. So it's um, literally crimes against wisdom that we commit every day in a variety of ways. Um which contribute to illness or disease. So, you know, in coming up with a list of, of how to look at these things so that people who are listening can sort of say, oh, I'm doing that, let's stop doing that. So I came up with eight basic things. So the first one is if you're being energetically irresponsible. So if you're depleting your ojas, as we say in Ayurveda, if you're depleting your, depleting your chi or your essential energies consistently without replenishing them, which of course, as we know, is the definition of stress itself. But let's just say, don't be energetically irresponsible. If you are not sleeping enough, if you have not created enough energy in your body to meet the demands of your day, that is a number one serious crime against wisdom because you don't have the resources within your own body to actually stay healthy. Right? Right. So this is fundamental. This is just about the resources to stay physically and mentally. All of these things are physical and mental. Um, you cannot, you know, on some level you can't distinguish, on some level you can so just keep that in mind. But, um, you know, when I say you take in good and bad, it means mental, it means physical in terms of food and exercise. It's all aspects of yourself. Everything has to do with all aspects, right? So the first thing is being energetically irresponsible. So stop me if you want any further no, explanation of things, but let me go through the list right. and go back. So the second one is absorbing negativity. And this is huge because of this, exactly what you were pointing out earlier, this sort of res relentless assault of information and admonitions and cure-alls and blah, 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 blah. So you end up absorbing a whole lot of negativity from the world around you. Um, you know, I've talked to you before about how I just, sometimes I, my husband will say to me, like, didn't you read the news? And I say, no, I didn't. Because if you, if you listen to the news every day and you look at the reports every day, it's also sensational and it's also overblown. Actually, if you listen to the news every three days, you pretty much get the gist of what's going on. But there's another and thing that's going on as well, and this is very much to your point. Because everyone is so in their own little worlds, you, you, and their screens have a lot to do with it. And initially it was first you had to have your own website, and now you have your own page. And so your life is reduced to its own channel, if you will. And there are all these other channels of everybody else's lives, and no one has figured out really through this particular medium how to crack those different 
channel. So you can only change the channel to the next one. There's no real incorporation or integration. And therefore, everything gets isolated out of proportion. And it's very difficult to say to somebody who has now essentially been, and I mean this not, I mean this figuratively, wired to do this, hey, shouldn't you look at the, just just look at the big, th- it's, it, well, just, just get the gist of it. They will look at you as though you've got dilly boppers on. What? what? <sighs> and so it's not, it, it, it's not even that you can find out about an event without hearing some very frequently distorted piece of it that is then whipped around as the story. So, it, mm. you know, you, you can't... It, well, number so two... my point. Don't yeah. absorb it. But it's... it's Yes. How? Well... Exactly. No, but that's, exactly. it's just very difficult because you a, a crawl out of the corner of your eye... You're, you're watching something peaceful and an ad for um, a, a medicine that will help you with your depression with side effects. Well, the only way that I can think of and the only way I know is to sort of metaphorically make shields for yourself and use them. And the only way you can do that is to create awareness. That's all about awareness. That's all about being able to say, whoa, this message or this kind of thing or this is not good for me. It's sending me into a spin. I will not do it anymore. And the only way you could do that is if you're aware enough to say, oh, this is the thing that's setting me off. So part of absorbing, not, you know, not absorbing negativity is just being able to analyze something and say, ah, this is just repeatedly causing drama or trauma or a sense of ill dis-ease in me, and I'm not going to allow it. I'm going to put up my shield, my right. force field, and say, no, don't come at me with that. I think that we <laughs> stay would away. Have, who, who was that? Was it Wonder Woman? I think that actually for, there should be Wonder Woman class at yoga for a few minutes. Just do a pose where you're putting up your shield. Because oh, I, th- I think it's exactly right. We're going to call it the Wonder Woman pose. Because it's exactly there's, right. There's uh, somehow that has also fallen out of not that itself didn't exist, but that hey, wait, I can shield myself. I I used to call it put on your saran suit, um, because there were just days in the city, many yeah. many many years ago where it was either too noisy or too hot or too cold or too windy or too... Where actually going from home to work was so much of a an odyssey <laughs> that there's no possible way that you could arrive at one or the other place, you know, intact. So it was put on your saran suit and go out there. Just, you know, because if you stop for the... If you, if, if you got caught up in the broken down train, the line for the coffee, the um, homeless individual who wanted to do this, the potential mugger who stalked you, just getting from here to there, you just, you just could not arrive intact. Well, so what we're saying is it's a crime not to protect yourself. Exactly. So it's a crime against wisdom not to protect yourself. Right. I, 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 again, conceptually, I am fully, fully in your camp. I mean, all these things are, are active things that you have to do. I'm sort of phrasing them in the negative because we're trying to avoid crimes against wisdom, but they're all things you have to actively do, right? You, in order to not be energetically irresponsible, you have to be responsible to yourself to build energy. You have to avoid 
negativity. You have to shield yourself. And the third one is to suppress your bodily functions, which is just a basic health-giving principle. You need to poop when you need to poop. You need to pee when you need to pee. You need to expel gas when you need to expel gas. You need to sneeze when you need to sneeze. Yawn when you need to yawn. Your body is telling you something. And you have to respect it. Now, I'm not suggesting that we should all go around being flatulent in public. No, you can retreat to a bathroom or whatever you have to do, but don't hold in the things that your body knows you need to expel. So again, it's a sense of knowing that your body knows how to take care of itself and allowing it to do its job because otherwise you're just repeatedly giving yourself and your body and your mind the message that what they're doing is wrong, that it's wrong, it's dirty, it's not good, it's not nice. It's kind of like Catholic school. <laughs> you know, you end up feeling like, wow, ah, everything I'm doing is like I'm, uh, I'm just sinful all around. You know, you need to really be careful about the way that you ex express yourself in your bodily functions. Just let things happen the way they need to happen within the parameters of social niceness, but let them happen the way they need to happen or you are going to create illness and dis-ease in your body. So again, along the physical lines, postponing or getting the wrong treatment. So when you start to feel a problem in your body, if you wake up and you're really stiff three days in a row, or there's a little twinge or a pain in your hamstring, don't ignore it because it will build and build and build until it finally tears. Something that's just happened to me. I'm very well aware of this. But you have to remember that you shouldn't postpone treatment and you shouldn't look for the wrong treatment. A lot of people, especially in the sort of more new agey or holistic or, um, yeah, let's just call it that holistic world, they're like treatment shoppers, you know, and so they go around and they, they visit a quack or they visit a this one or they visit a that one and they get conflicting answers and they don't know what they're doing anymore. You have to pick and stick and believe in the treatment you're getting and pick sensibly and wisely. This is a very complicated, difficult conversation because there's a lot of quackery out there, as there has been from time immemorial. There's always been quackery around um, snake oil salesmen, etc., etc. And it is up to you to use your powers of discernment to get a sense of what's going to work for you and what's right and what's wrong. And if you have an intuition that that just doesn't sound right, whatever somebody's saying, and that could be a, a medical, a Western medical doctor. I mean, I've had that where I've gone and they've said, oh, we're going to do an MRI. And I say, really, why? Why are we going to do an MRI? What's that going to give us? What information is that going to give us that we're going to be able to act on? Is that really a treatment for going to give me an answer and a way to proceed? I get, and so you, again, there are many, many people who are uncomfortable with that. But one of the ways that you can... One of the things that you can do is, and this is yet another negative, but have you ever eaten something that was just slightly off and you kind of, when you think back and go, oh, my mm -hmm. stomach's, but, uh -huh. but, but you often know what it was. Yep, you sure do. Your internal wisdom just says, oh, you know, yeah, it was that piece of shredded wheat, you know, whatever it was. It's just like that little thing. And then often your mind goes, neck, oh, no, it couldn't have been that. It must have been the blah, 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 or perhaps I have swine flu. You, you never know. But there's one moment in there where you can, if you ask, and then you have to listen, get the information of what it is. And it's harnessing that ability because 
that happens so many times during the course of the day, whether it is with an employer, an employee, a spouse, a medical doctor, as you say, they can be saying something that actually doesn't resonate, and you know it. It's right. just just stopping and harnessing that. But we of- often, we often, and if you listen to... Um, Oh, there was a TED Talk about this and, and women listening to their intuition. If you get in an elevator and that man looks dangerous or you get out of that creepy crawly feeling, get out of the elevator. Yeah, but I... It's, I ex- it's exactly the same thing. But it's acting on it. Yeah, it's acting on it. And it's not being embarrassed or ashamed or anything else. If you have a strong intuition about the way you need to do something, at least step back and look at it and talk about it and think about it. At least do that. At least honor yourself in that way. And speaking of honoring, how about respecting elders and respecting the information that elders have to give us? As a culture, we do not do that practically at all. If you look around in any arena, we do not have systems in place to really listen to and respect the wisdom and the message that elders have to share with us and give us and bring us strictly because they've lived as long as they have. We have a, we have a cult of youth. We have a respect for what's new and fresh and happening with very little respect for the foundational. And that is a big problem. It's a massive problem because, unfortunately, um, since the beginning of time, there have been mentors, mentors and elders and people who actually knew how things worked. And what you did is you garnered as much information as you could from school or whatever, and then you went to the elders and said, right, now, how, does, how, how do you do this? How does this work? How does this and, and really the question is, in your experience, how does this work? It's right. not that you have to just say, oh, well, they're old, so they know best. No, it's, it's just, <laughs> just help me, you know, help, help me through here. And that's why I, I am staggered at the number of people who just go, well, you know, I, well, I read it, so it must be so. It's like, yes, go, go, do me a favor. I've gotten to the place where I'm just, go try that. Let me know how it works out for you. And but by the way, don't touch my stuff while you're doing it, and then come back and um, you know we can talk, because wow. there's there's a not only is there a culture of youth at this point, but there's the assumption that they've got access to all the information they need to know about anything, and there's no real sense that it's been tailored based on the interests that you have shown a computer. Right. You know. So so what what my mom went to great lengths to encourage in her children, which was um, curiosity and passion and just just engagement, is actively being, um, I, I won't say it's being decried, but it's not being encouraged in a way that, um, it, it, that is u- efficient. And I find that really staggering when it comes to People, I believe, should know better. People in positions of authority who are out there who should know better and who should be encouraging this uh, and, and don't seem to be. Right. Um, so that's, you know, yeah. uh, we could talk about that for the rest of the show, but we won't. We no, won't. we'll just we'll put move that down on to picking the right friends. So this is an interesting one. It's like, you know, when a mother looks at her kid and says, whoa, I don't like that peer group. It's a bad influence. 
So the same thing is true for us, ourselves, in our lives. There is an old adage that I love, which is that you are basically the average of your five closest friends in terms of your wealth, in terms of your attitudes, in terms of your knowledge base, in terms of your interest in the world. Every aspect of you, if you look at the five closest people to you that you have chosen to be around, even if you say, oh, that person's driving me nuts, I don't want to be around them. Well, if you really didn't want to be around them, you wouldn't be. So they have to be considered one of your five closest friends if they are, in fact, one of the people you interact with the most. So look around and say, who are the five people that you interact with the most? And you are basically the average of those. And when I first heard that, I was like, really? But then I started to think about it, and I thought, absolutely true. that's really true. Yep. And uh, <laughs> uh, that's a really interesting one to explore and examine, because you start to go, whoa, whoa and there's whoa, something what else, am I doing? There, and there's something that I need to add around this, because I'm finding it with, it's not so much the average, but I'm finding it with a lot of people. And because you tend to run in certain groups. You know, people just do. They're just like, oh, yeah, I hang out with this person. I hang out with that person. I hang out with that person. And um, in this case, I'm referencing a specific individual because um, everybody in this particular group is looking for the perfect man. Sometimes I remind my sister that she's already been married and the rest of the people in that particular group haven't been. So she knows things from having been married that they don't in their quest for perfection. And so you actually have to see that the people that you are, this is, again, this isn't the average, but the people that you are hanging out with and exchanging information with um, have a, a similar experience base because the words can be the same. You're all looking for the partner that you want to spend more time with. But experience, back to the elder thing, experience confers wisdom. Having been through something, you know where there might be compromises that other people just wouldn't even conceive of uh, because they haven't had the practical application aspect of the whole thing. Keeping good habits. If you work a long time to cultivate some good habits, like you do a certain exercise every day or you're meditating every day, don't drop them. Don't abandon them because then you go back to square one. So keep cultivating these good habits that you are doing. Don't just say, okay, I've done that for too long. Now I'm going to move on. Really keep it going if it's working for you. And the last one is to entertain positive thoughts. So this is sort of a corollary to the negative thoughts issue, but here's the test. So here's a cool thing to do. At night, before you go to sleep, ask yourself, what were the activities I did today, were the people I engaged with today, was the tone of my life today leading me towards a sense of, Love, compassion, and wisdom. Simple question. Did the things I do, did the people I was with, tend to lead me towards love, compassion, and wisdom? Because if you can answer yes to things that you've done, then you know you're on the right track to not creating crimes against wisdom for yourself on a daily basis. But if you answer, wow, oh, not so much when I did X, Y, or Z, then make some notes and do this every night for a month, for 28 days, you know, that sort of lovely 28-day period. Make this your practice for a month. Ask yourself that question at night. Make some notes about where negativity may have steeped it or where you didn't actually, weren't able to work towards those goals. And if you start to see definitive patterns that are bringing you down, 
then you know that those are things to start to distance yourself from or jettison from your life because what we all need more of is love, compassion, wisdom. And if we have those things towards ourselves, towards others, if we're surrounded by those things, then it follows, you can make sense of that easily, that your life will be more on center with what you need to be doing. And this is not someone else's sense of what is love and what is compassion and what is wisdom. No, it's this yours. This is some deep sense of what makes you flow, what makes you feel good and right. Thank you very much, Lisa Headley, Ayurvedic practitioner, founder of the Mayflower Spa. This is Lisa Headley's strategies for dealing with stress. Mm-hmm. Lisa can also be found at lalife, L-A-H, life.com.